The following audio is from West Pines Community Church. For more information about West Pines, visit us online at westpines.org. You can join us live Sunday morning at 9.45 or 11.30 a.m. in Pembroke Pines, Florida, or online at westpines.org. There's an interesting moment in probably every one of our lives, probably in our childhood, at some point there's a moment like this. There's a moment when the dynamic with your parents change a little bit. It's the beginning stages of becoming an adult. And I remember this one moment, and you may actually remember some of those distinct moments when your relationship with your parents started to change a little bit. I will never forget the moment that, that first signs of that when I was a kid. I was, was a teenager. I was in early high school. And my dad and I, we used to uh, play sports a lot. We'd throw a ball in the front yard. We'd play basketball. We had a basketball hoop in our front driveway, and we'd play basketball. And uh, sometimes my, my older sister, Tori, would join us. Now, there's something that you need to know, some things you need to know about my sister, Tori. My sister is about five foot two. She could not weigh 100 pounds. That would be impossible, okay? But yet she operates as if she's in the body of a 300-pound linebacker, okay? This is how she operates sometimes. And so we're playing basketball. My dad and I, we're playing against each other, and my sister comes out and says, hey, I'd like to play. Like, okay, sure, jump in. And, And this was the first sign that things were beginning to change because she was playing on my dad's team, so it was me, I'm young high school versus my dad and my sister. And that in and of itself was already the beginnings of some change. The fact that she would play with him against me and not us against him. And so made mental note of that. Partway through the game, I'm going up for a shot and she fouls me on my arm so terribly. I mean, you could hear it a block away. Still a little frustrated by this, okay? I step back and said, well, that was a foul. And I go to take the ball back to kind of start over. And um, she, says, she says this. She says, I thought we were playing street rules. <laughs> now, let me remind you, we, live, we lived in Cooper City at the time, okay? So I was like, oh, is that how we're playing? Okay, so now this changed the dynamic of the basketball game. Okay, there was a level of physicality that escalated dramatically from this point on. I don't remember all the details, but I remember there was blood, there was broken fingernails, there was crying, and it all culminated to this point where my dad goes up for a layup, I body checked him, and he fell down clutching his ribs. And to this day, if you asked him, he will swear that he actually broke a rib during that game. Even though medicine did not prove that that was true, he will swear that he broke rib. In fact, to this day, if he's trying to guilt me into doing something, he'll be like, I still can't breathe in all the way here with my broken rib. I just, the pain right here, okay? Now, here's what went through my mind. I actually had this thought for the first time in my life at that moment. I realized, I've got to go easy on the old man. (laughs) 
this was a new thought. I had never thought, always, this was like, you know, the, the athlete that I couldn't surpass, the athlete that, that was always going to beat me, and now I realize I had to dial it back, okay? The relationship was changing a little bit. Maybe you can remember those moments in your, in your life, either with your parents or with your kids. See, our relationship with our parents, it's, think about it, it's one of the most foundational relationships in every single one of our lives, Whether we want to admit it or not, there's probably not another relationship uh, aside from our spouses that has had a greater impact on our lives. And it's a relationship that in one way or another continues through our lifetime and it stays complicated. So if you're a student, you're a teenager, you, you are battling over freedoms and over independence and things you're allowed to do and things you can't believe you're not allowed to do. If you're a young adult and you're living at home and you're trying to say, okay, I'm trying to get out on my own, on my own two feet. I'm trying to, trying to get through school or trying to start my career. It's, it's complicated. If maybe you have new family, a new young family and there's expectations of what holidays you go to and how your family should operate and how you're supposed to raise your kids and there's some boundaries where they're, they're a little too much in your business. Maybe the whole family's too much in your business. Maybe there's cousins that are too much in your business. It's complicated. If you have aging parents and now all of a sudden maybe you feel like you're more the parent, it's complicated. Is all this complexity inside these relationships, but the scripture, because God knows about our relationships, in fact, he set how relationships would work on this planet, he gave us a framework, a very simple framework that we can place over any season of life and have a guideline for how to operate. We're going to look at this. It's in the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. If you would turn there, Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1. You can turn there in your Bibles. If you have a Bible app, just go to the book of Ephesians. It's in the New Testament, starting in verse 1, chapter 6. It's also going to be up here on the screens. Ephesians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing to a church in the city of Ephesus, which is in Greece. That's why the book is called Ephesians. So this is a letter, and here he's talking about relationships with parents. Ephesians 6, verse 1. It says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now let's just pause here for a brief second and just pull a couple things out of this first verse. I want you to notice, first and foremost, who this first verse is addressed to. It's addressed to children. Now as a side note, this is a really beautiful little piece here in this text. You realize the Bible is for everyone. Think about the expectation here. Sometimes it's tempting to think of the Bible as one of those things. It's like, well, man, it's hard to understand the Bible. It's kind of for pastors that, you know, they need to go to school and, you know, go to seminary and study it, and then they just tell the rest of us what it means, but it's way too complicated for me. But look who the Bible's addressing. It's saying, for you children who are reading this, this is how you're to operate. The Bible is for everyone. The Bible is for you. The Bible is, maybe you've just started reading the Bible. Maybe you're not familiar with the Bible. The Bible is for you. God will work through that and, and will bring the truths out for your life. It's for your kids. It's to read to your kids. It's to teach your kids to read for themselves. The Bible is for everyone. And the first verse here is addressing children. It says, children. It says, obey your parents. Very simple command. 
Children, I want you to obey your parents, but I want you to look at the back half of this. It says, in the Lord for this is right. Here's what the Bible is saying. Children, obey your parents because this is what God wants you to do. It's not just simply, well, I want to treat my parents right. It's not simply it's polite. It's not simply it's good character. It's because it's godly. It's what God wants to do. And that's actually instructive in and of itself for us as parents. Because for us as parents, sometimes we can feel like like it's a little self-serving to expect obedience or to expect respect and honor from our children. It's like, well, it's not about me, but it is about their relationship with God. And it's our responsibility to train our kids to obey the authority God placed in their lives, which is their parents. And it's our responsibility to train our kids to respect and honor their parents. It's not self-serving. It's for the sake of their relationship with God. The opening command here is very simple. Children, obey your parents. Now, I want you to see where he goes next. We're going to unpack that a little bit more, but I want to get to the next couple verses, and I want you to see where he goes next. Because he takes this idea of children obeying parents, and he shows the umbrella with which that, uh, under which that command is. It's under a larger concept. Look at verse 2, okay? Check it out. It says, honor your father and mother. You'll notice in your, in, probably in your Bible, it's in quotes. You can see it is in quotes up there. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This is the broader concept it's under. Did you notice, honor your father and mother was in quotes. This is what he's quoting. He's quoting the Ten Commandments back in the Old Testament. More than a thousand years before Paul lived, God gave that command to his people. Now let's rewind a little bit and get the story because this is key. If you remember, if you rewound the tape, before Paul, over a thousand years earlier, God's people, Israel, the Hebrews, were enslaved in Egypt. Do you remember this? They're enslaved in Egypt, and they're crying out, God, free us, free us. And God sends Moses, and Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Do you remember this? Pharaoh sends out the the people finally, and they're going out into the wilderness, and then they go to Mount Sinai. They go to this mountain, and that's where Moses goes up, and he gets all the law. These are all of God's expectations on how they're going to live. God's expectations of how they're going to worship him. He gets that for God's people from God up on this mountain. Now, this is key to understand. That moment, Moses going up on the mountain, this is not Moses. It's not God saying, hey, Moses, I'd like to have a little powwow here. Come on up here. Moses goes up and they sip some espresso and kind of talk about what God's expectations are. That's not exactly the scene. Okay, he goes up this mountain. Let me show you. This is a picture of what Sinai looks like today. If you went and traveled there today, there's the mountain. I don't know, but that just looks scary in and of itself, okay? There's the mountain. This is what God said. said, okay, Moses, I'm going to meet you on that mountain. In other words, my presence is going to come down uniquely on that mountain differently than than I am normally interacting with the world. I'm going to come down on that mountain. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put a fence around the entire base of the mountain because since my power is going to descend on that mountain, my perfect holiness, the being that is holding the universe together, he says, since I'm coming down, you need to fence it off so that no one accidentally steps on any part of that mountain because they would die. 
They cannot handle my holiness. It's for their protection. I want you to fence it off. Then a cloud comes down on top of the mountain. Okay? A cloud descends. It says God's presence comes down on the mountain like fire. There is thunder and lightning. Okay, I don't know about you, but last night I'm laying in bed and I was in a a horizontal position, okay? And a clap of thunder was so loud, I was instantaneously in a vertical position. All right, it says there's so much thunder and lightning, it's saying that entire mountain was shaking. Okay, now, if you remember the movie Ten Commandments, this is how they depict it. So look at this next picture. Okay, this is kind of an artistic depiction of what's happening. That's not even close. There's this cloud that's coming down. It actually says when God's presence comes down, trumpets are blasting from the heavens. There's thunder and lightning, everything's shaking. And then God says, now Moses, you may come up on the mountain. Okay, perfect. I'll be right up. This sounds great. Moses goes up and he delivers the law to Moses and he gives them the kind of the centerpiece of this law is these 10 commandments. These are like the foundation from each of these 10 basic commandments. Tributaries for the rest of the law spring from these 10 basics. Very straightforward. Don't have any other gods before the one true almighty God. No idolatry. Things like don't murder. Things like don't steal. Don't lie. I mean, these are basic. And you realize one of those ten is honor your father and your mother. That's how fundamental this is. Who was given that command? Was it just children? Was it when Moses came down, he's reading through the Ten Commandments, he says, okay, this, this one here about honoring parents, that, that's for you children. Children, come here. No, that's for the entire nation of Israel. It's for God's people, which now Paul is saying extends to us. This is a command for all age groups honoring parents. It's for all age groups, all seasons of life. And it's not just for healthy families. It's not just for families to say, well, we're, we're healthy, we've got it together, we're godly. It's for all children of God to understand, I am called to honor and respect my parents. It's what God seared into these tablets when his awesome presence touched down on this earth, making the entire mountain shake. That's how intense this command is. Honor and respect our parents. That's the umbrella under which this whole passage is talking about. That's for everyone. Under that umbrella of honoring and respecting our parents, no matter what season of life we're in, He speaks specifically to one season of life, which is to children. If you're still under your parents' household, what honoring and respecting looks like is obedience. For those who are under your parents' household, but it looks differently. There are some seasons of life where straight obedience would be inappropriate because it goes against something that God said or goes against what's best for your family. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about the, the just as a, a hypothetical situation, because this issue comes up from time to time. Let's talk about baptism for a second. Let's say you recently got saved here at uh, West Pines. Maybe you got saved, you raised your hand at the end of a service, you prayed that prayer, maybe you came forward, you checked off the box, you just said, okay, I'm in, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. And you're starting to learn, okay, what, what God wants us to do, what Jesus commanded is after I put my faith in Jesus, I'm going to demonstrate that publicly by being baptized. I get dunked under the water because it symbolizes that my old life has been buried and I'm born again. 
It's a symbol that Christians have been doing for thousands of years. You say, okay, that's great. Now let's say, but here's the difficult part I'm struggling with. I was baptized as a baby. My parents had me baptized. What do I do? Well, it's interesting because I think it's different in different stages of life. What I'd say to you pastorally, if you're a student, maybe you got saved at camp this summer. And you're saying, look, I want to get baptized, but my parents won't let me. My parents say, no, I don't want, that's too much of that religion. Or, you know what, no, I, I, we, we baptize you as a baby. That, that, I don't want you to do that. Here's what I would say. Under this framework of respecting parents, if you're in that season for now, I would say, obey your parents. You don't need to get baptized right now. I'd say for this season, be obedient to your parents. But maybe you're your own person. You're not living in your parents' home anymore. You've got your own family. You've got your own household, and you get saved. You say, okay, am I supposed to be baptized again? My parents had me baptized. I don't want to disrespect my parents. I think that's a whole different situation. I would say follow Jesus' command. You're in your own household. Say, okay, I want to get baptized to express my faith. Baptism baptism is not just simply to express my parents' faith. It's to express my faith. But what I would say is be careful to communicate it to your parents with honor and respect. Maybe you write them a letter. Hey, I just want you to know I'm so grateful for how you poured into my life. I'm so grateful that you had me baptized when I was a child. You set me on the right course. You helped me get to know my my creator and my savior. Thank you. As an expression of this, I, I believe that God wants me to be baptized as my own decision, my own expression of faith that you started. Thank you. And maybe you take care to communicate it carefully and respectfully. See, handling parents is different in different stages of life. There's one more thing in this passage before we kind of tease this out a little more practically. There's one more thing in this passage. Did you notice that it said, this is the one commandment with a promise? Did you notice that? One commandment with a promise. Of all of the big ten, this one has a promise. It says that it will go well with you in your life. This is what he's saying. If you honor and respect your parents, it's going to go well. And Paul kind of adds in there, you'll have a longer life typically. Okay. This is actually very practical. Let's kind of see how this works itself out. Um, since I've been a, a father for the last, a little over two years now, I've got a two-year-old and a three-month-old. Um, in the last two years, I have now sprouted some white whiskers in my beard. They're starting to produce, okay? And the, I know the reason for this is that as a, a parent of young children, once or twice a day I have a mini heart attack with something that's happening, a couple months ago, um, Scarlett was in the kitchen, Rebecca was cooking, I was getting her milk, her little milk sippy cup out of the refrigerator, and simultaneously Rebecca was taking something out of the oven, I was taking something out of the refrigerator, and Scarlett sees the oven and goes, like this. The words that were passed in that moment between Rebecca and I were something like, oh my God, oh my God, okay, it's actually what it sounded like, all right, we saved Scarlett from certain disaster, but I had a mini heart attack, okay, in the process. Maybe you've been sitting there at the park. Your older kids are playing on the swing set. You've got your youngest is just sitting there like in the sandbox, and you go to get goldfish. You turn away for a second. You bring the goldfish back, and they're chewing something. Could be something that was form- formerly living. It could be anything. It could be something they found in the sand. It could be sand. You don't know. Mini heart attack happens, okay? Think about the role of a parent. You're teaching your child. Okay, look both ways before you cross the street. Don't run with sharp objects. Don't light your little brother on fire. (laughs) Simple things on a very basic level, 
Parents are instructed to train their children on how to survive. But let's, that's very obvious and surface. Let's crank it a level deeper. You have an older child. They're a student. And now you're teaching them how to drive. You're teaching them what to do if they get to a party and there's things there that could be harmful to them. There's drugs. There's alcohol. There's things going on that shouldn't happen. You're training them what to do in that situation. You're training them what to watch out for when they go off to college. You're training them what things to have as influences, what type of people to make your friends. You're training them higher level things. Those are things for their safety and their survival. But let's crank it down another level. These basic truths about life, if I leave my household and I've never learned to submit to my parents the first most foundational piece of authority then I can go, to, go through life with one of the most deadly diseases possible, an anti-authority, an anti-submissive spirit. Think of how that plays out through the rest of my life. I don't care what my employer says, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care what the law says, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care, I'm not going to go to the doctor because I don't want them to tell me how to live. Think about how deadly that is playing throughout its rest of, rest of someone's life. This is a very practical truth that God's saying, let me tell you, this is what I want for you to do. Respect your parents, and it will go well with you. It's just practical. It'll be better for you. Let's talk through this. This is a difficult concept. What I'd like to do is just kind of take this and tease this out because there's really five notorious seasons of life to learn how to respect and honor parents. And I just want to go through some of these seasons because they're notorious. Okay, here's the first one. The first one, maybe in your, maybe you're here and you are a high school student or a middle school student and maybe you're here. Here's what I would challenge you if you're a high school or middle school student. Obey when no one would know. Why? Why would you do that? Are you just, is this a lecture on being obedient to my parents? This is the scripture and God is saying to you, if you're here and you're in high school or in middle school, this is for you. God is saying, it's not being condescending and calling you a child. It's saying you are still in your parents' household. And what God is saying is, if you're following me, you're being obedient for me. So even if your parents could have no idea, maybe you could lie your way out of it. Maybe you could sneak your way out of it. Maybe they would just never know. You know what your parents' expectations are. You are under their household. Be obedient even if no one would know why. Because he says, do it because it's right. Do it before the Lord. If you're here and you're a student, that's for you. Obey even if no one would know and do it for the Lord. The second season of life, I think, might be the most challenging. If This is if you're in a season of life where you're a young adult, you're living at home, maybe you're going through your schooling, maybe you're just getting your career started, maybe you're back home for, for, from college, and this is one of the most notoriously difficult seasons. Why? Because you're in the process of transitioning into adulthood, but you're still partly in your parents' household. This is a notoriously difficult season of life. It's difficult if you're here and you're the parent. It's difficult if you're here and you're the young adult. If that's the season that you're in, here's how I would challenge you. This is the challenge for you this morning. Recognize the responsibility to independence ratio. This is an idea that if you're the mom, if you're the dad, if you're the the young adult, should all be clear on and have this talked through. Here's the problem. If I am coming home from college, tell me if this scenario has happened to you. You're coming home from college. You've had freedom for nine months. No one checked in on when you came home, uh, how late you were out, what you did, how you did your responsibilities, and all of a sudden you're back home 
for three months, and all of a sudden those things all matter again. Maybe you're home and, and you're, you're going to school locally and you're going through your education and you're being treated like an adult. You can vote in elections. You could get drafted for the military and the, yet your parents are still expecting you home at a certain time. You're saying, this is difficult. What, what are we supposed to do? And that can provide some of the most uh, conflict and collision in a home. So I, for everyone, here's a practical way to look at it. Understand what's happening in this season. There's not a, a clean-cut line where it says, here you're dependent on your parents, here you're completely independent. There's a season of transition that needs to happen, and everyone needs to be clear. And there's a helpful ratio. You're as independent to the degree of responsibility you're taking. If you're, if you're the young adult and your parents are still paying for your, providing you a free place to live, they're buying all the groceries, they pay for your car insurance, they pay for your cell phone, they pay for all those things, then you're still more so under their household. And you need to more so be following their guidelines. If along the way, there's, you're starting to, maybe you're paying for your own car insurance, you're making your own, buying your own gas, maybe you're contributing and buying some of the groceries, maybe you're doing your own thing, then the more along those lines you go, the more independence you should be given. Maybe you get to the point where you're there and you're paying rent to live at home for a season to help you transition into independence. What, other, what either side of that ratio you're on, understanding of that equation you're on, understanding that important ratio as transitioning into independence out of, out of a parent's household and into your own household. There's a third season that's notorious. Third season is if you have a young family. This is the newlyweds. And, their, and parents or in-laws still feel like they can drop over whenever. Just come, kind of come on over, drop by. It's newlyweds and you're trying to navigate the fact that you have um, two different sets of holiday traditions to go to. And in some cases, maybe you have parents that have split and now have their own family. So now you have three or four holidays to get to in one, in one year. These are the, the kids that in those times, it's pulling their family apart. You're, what are those expectations? It's common in a... Um, in a wedding, if I'm doing the wedding, a lot of times I'll actually say this at the moment when the father is giving away the bride. I'll look at the father and I'll look at the family that's usually in the front two rows and I'll say, from this point on, this woman is more wife than daughter. She's more wife than sister, than granddaughter, than cousin, than niece. I look at the husband and I'll say, this man is now first and foremost a husband before he's a son. He's first a husband before he's a brother. He's first a husband before he's a dad. This couple is now, you have a new responsibility. And so if you're that young couple, you have a young family, you're newlyweds, you're dealing with these expectations of family, here's the challenge for you in understanding how to respect and honor your parents. Respectfully communicate boundaries. Set those boundaries. Talk with your spouse. Okay, what can we do and what can't we do? When, what's the level of involvement we're comfortable with? Set those boundaries, but look how it's worded. Set the boundaries, but communicate them. Don't wait till there's an argument and you're yelling to communicate them. Communicate them ahead of time. Hey, look, I know we're all getting used to this new dynamic, but here's what we're comfortable with. You can't just stop by like that, or we can't make every family dinner, or, we, or, or you can't speak to my wife like that on how raising the kids, or you can't meddle in that. These are the boundaries. Communicate them, but communicate them respectfully. 
love you. I'm grateful for you. We're still committed to this family, being there whenever we can, but these are the boundaries. I want to make sure you know and communicate them respectfully. Fourth notorious season of life that's difficult in knowing how to respect and honor parents is when you have aging parents. How do you care for them? What burden, how much burden can you put on your current family to care for your aging parents? What if their desires and expectations you can't fulfill? So how, how do you navigate all that? Here's what I would encourage you if that's the season that you're in. How do you respect and honor your parents in that next one? For the golden years, remember the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Treat others as you would have them treat you. Let me remind you, your children are watching how you are treating your parents. They're watching that. They're watching how you talk about them when they're not around. Do you talk about them disrespectfully? Do you talk about them, uh, do, you, do you diminish who they are, or do they always hear you talk about them respectfully? Because what you're really doing, you are training your kids how to treat you. So think about this. In, if your parents are in the golden years, remember the golden rule. Okay, if I'm in their situation, man, what do you, God, how, you pray through this. God, show us, give us wisdom. You talk to your spouse. How do we want to be, how would I want to be treated if I was in that situation? How would I want to honor and respect? How would I want to be talked about behind my back? This is a very simple, basic rule that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, on, on the Mount about love. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If that's where your parents are, they're aging, remember that. There's one final season and one situation that's particularly notorious. Maybe in your relationship with your parents, it's complicated because there's brokenness in that relationship. And maybe you don't know what to do with them. You don't know how to honor and respect them because they, maybe they abandoned you when you were young. Maybe they've been abusive. Maybe they've been hurtful. Maybe they're manipulative. Maybe they, anytime you talk to them, they just pour the guilt on. Maybe there's hurt and pain in that relationship. And you're like, I don't know. I'm all in a knot with how do I honor them and respect them, but protect my spouse, protect my kids from them, protect myself from them. I'm all in a knot because I, I want to be honoring and respect them, but I don't know how to do that. And here's, well, if that's you, this would be the challenge from this passage for you this morning. If you have broken relationships, find forgiveness to find your way forward. Here's why this is so key. If there's pain and brokenness in your relationship, there are probably boundaries that you need to be setting up with your family and with your parents. For the protection of yourself and your spouse and your kids, there's probably boundaries. But if there's still unforgiveness, if there's still bitterness in your life, if there's still pain, you, it's hard to know. That muddies the water. It's hard to know, am I operating out of anger, out of revenge, out of hurt, or am I setting wise, clean boundaries with my family? So first step is find forgiveness. That may, that may mean you need to spend some serious time praying through that, talking with a Christian friend. Maybe it's pulling aside one of the church staff and saying, I need to talk through this. Or maybe it's sitting down with a Christian counselor and saying, look, I, I need you to help me process. I need to find forgiveness so that I can see clearly to know my way forward. Quickly, what does forgiveness look like? I want you to think about it in three categories. First, 
is what all Christians are always called to. We're called to forgive. We're called to say, I no longer hold this sin against you. All Christians were always called to that. Why? Because God forgave us. That may be a long process, but that's what we're all supposed to go to. There's another step, and this is not always do we do this. It's reconciliation. And at all, in any way possible, the Bible says we should try to reconcile. What is reconcile? That means sitting face to face, saying, I'm sorry, and then saying, this is what you did to hurt me. I forgive you. And it's that sitting face to face and making peace. If at all possible, we do that. But sometimes that's not even possible or not even appropriate. Then there's a third level. And this is only sometimes appropriate, and sometimes this is very inappropriate. And it's restoration. Restoration is resuming the relationship the way it was. If you have a parent that has been abusive or manipulative, that is not appropriate. You do not place yourself back into that situation. But those are the categories. Maybe you say, all I can really do is forgive. Pursue that forgiveness, and then you can take time to wisely, with clarity in your mind, wisely set up the boundaries to know how to navigate forward. Christian, this is such an important subject. This is, is unbelievably important to God that we get this relationship right, that we understand this framework we can place over all of these seasons of life where we can say, okay, I, need, I am called always to respect and honor. I'm called to then teach my children how to respect and honor authorities. This is unbelievably important to make sure we navigate through. But how do we know, how do we say, man, it's just really hard for me to forgive I just can't, I just can't, I don't want to. It's, it's really hard for me to serve my parents as they're aging. It's just taking a lot of sacrifice, a lot of me. Man, it's just, it's really hard to set up those boundaries because their expectation is that I'm still obeying their wishes. It's really hard to kind of understand that this is going to be a process of being coming independent. Or It's just really hard to obey. Their rules seem unreasonable to me. Help me be motivated to honor my parents and to be motivated. There's a beautiful chapter section of a chapter I'd like to read for you. It's out of Philippians. Just would you hear these words this morning? Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others, having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself, watch this, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What's our model, our paradigm for honoring and respecting? We look at Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who went to the cross out of submission to God the Father. And for those of us who are saying, yes, Jesus, I'm following you. I will take your name, Christian, because I'm following you. He says, okay, this is the path. Take up your cross. Honor and respect your parents in whatever way is appropriate and follow after the path of Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and the first step for you is saying, look, I don't, I don't even know where I'm at with God. And here's what I'd say, reconciling your relationship with God, that is the most important relationship, is your relationship with the person who invented you, your creator. That's the most important relationship that you could have. 
And what we need to know is the fact that we have all broken all ten of those commandments. But God loves us and he sent Jesus, the Son of God, to die on the cross. He washed away our sins and he rose again on the third day. And God says, if you just accept that, all of your sins will be washed away. And you'll be saved for eternity. Maybe this morning you want to put your faith in Jesus. And this morning you say, I want to accept that. I want to make it right with God this morning. If that's you, I want to lead you in this prayer. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? If that's you this morning and you say, yes, I want to make, I want to accept that truth that Jesus died for me. Just pray the simple prayer right there in your seats between you and God. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to save me. Thank you for washing away all my sins on the cross, even though I don't deserve it. I put my faith in Jesus as the way that I'm saved. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at westpines.org. If you would like to speak with somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus, please call at 954 432 0321 or you can email us at podcast at westpines.org.